0: This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: All right, welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities, everyone. Uh, We continue with our episode by episode recap of Star Trek Picard. Tonight it is episode six, The Impossible Box. Uh, Harry, how you doing, man? I am good. How are you? Uh pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, We're we're churning these out here. It's pretty good. Yeah. Now we just got to get them out out there. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. One thing at a time. So yeah, let's, I guess let's just jump in. Um, yeah, what did you, what did you, uh, so after, you know, last, I think we had a, a string of a couple of stronger episodes. What, uh, what did you think of this one?
0: I, I guess at the same level. I mean, there's positives mm-hmm. and negatives to this episode. I, for the most part, enjoyed it, but there are still some things that are bugging me mainly with the writing. Uh, and some characterization on some of the other characters outside of Picard. But I do enjoy that this show got things moving and Picard finally caught up to Soji. So now, finally, I feel we can really get moving. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And, and I do believe, and I'll let you, you, you can bring it up or, or talk about it. We finally, even though we knew the background on this um Jacques Vage or Doc Vage or whatever we're talking about, this Romulan secret service that hates synthetics. We finally get an idea on what the fuck their plan was. Why they? What they were trying to get out of Soji. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that that's more, even even though it might have been mentioned in a previous episode, it's more abundantly clear in this one. So right. So yeah. overall, not it's it's a good episode, but I, I do have some problems with it still.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in the same place. It was. uh it was okay, yeah. It was it was good, Um but yeah, there's some there's a few things here. We open with Soji dreaming, so right away I'm disappointed that we have to start an episode with her and Eric in bed <laughs> again. You know, I I I think I understand that they're trying to make the Star Trek was sort of traditionally really stiff and and like there wasn't any sex. There was you know the 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 interpersonal relationships were. They were very stale, and they only had what the actors could bring to those personal relationships. So, you mean for like, example...
0: Well, you mean more like a professional working uh culture, is um, what we're talking about? Because I know where you're going with this, but my question here is, correct me if I'm wrong, I clearly remember in TNG and mm-hmm. in DS9, we have... And let's just focus on TNG, then. Yeah. We, we clearly had... They didn't focus on it, but they the characters had relationships Riker was sleeping yep. around we weren't kind of focusing and there were episodes where we saw him not f- fornicating but like dating and or talking about dating and same thing with troy same thing with jordy he always had trouble with the woman even data got you know into it with a relationship and you know he was fully functional with uh what's her name denise crosby's tasha so <laughs> I mean, yeah and picard on ryza and and what's that, Vosh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, we, we've had these things before. So I don't, we, we, we have
1: we, had these things, but, but they but were not... always peripheral. Like again, I, I've, cause I've been, I've been watching a lot of these episodes lately and they are, they're great. Like they're great. And the reason why they're great is because they had such great chemistry. That's kind of what I was getting at is it is, it's actually really difficult to portray these types of relationships. You need your performers to really sell it and what what's driving me nuts about Narek and Soji is that they they don't have any chemistry and it's really really it's really forced like it yeah it just falls back on a lot of you know silly relationship tropes so that's why i say like i can understand like there are, there's no really no real reason to focus on these two and i think the reason they're doing it is they're trying to like make it a, make it a little less stiff like have a little bit of sex have a little bit of that uh you know, that normal human stuff, but because they don't, they just don't click. And I can't, Narek is really driving me nuts, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't care for that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's the actor or if it's the character or both, but, yeah. um, every time he's on the screen, I'm like, ah, get a yeah. haircut. You, you, well, you yeah. Romulan beetle.
0: <laughs> Okay, yes, I I'm with you. I'm not a fan of Neric, but I I put that more to the writing more than I'm going to blame the actor. It's not like that he's they don't have chemistry either. So I agree, if the two leads there don't have chemistry. We got a big problem. I mean, I'm not going to completely fault the the char- the actor over there, but I, I know what you're saying. Mod- they're trying to modernize this for trying to get new people hooked into Star Trek, just like they did with the the JJ stuff and and what they're doing with Discovery there. They're, they're, you know, and Star Trek's always been reflective of modern times. You mm-hmm. know, the '60s Star Trek was filmed in a certain way because that's how things were filmed back then. And now we're doing TNG was started almost very similar, but then it found a, a different footing. DS9 found its own identity, and you know, Voyager and Enterprise. We could talk about that separately, but I don't think they they were trying to figure out what their identity was. But yeah, anyways. I don't really want
1: to talk about Voyager or Enterprise ever. Yeah. Yeah, at so, all. <laughs> but,
0: but so. This this is reflective, but this the problem here is the way they they are staging this. It doesn't feel any different than any other, how should I say it, BTV sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. That's way, right. Yeah, the yeah. way they it doesn't feel like it has an identity of its own, and that's gonna fall in line with kind of what Enterprise was trying to do. Was trying to figure it out, and it figured it out too late, and then it was done. The series was done. Yeah, And even though I never watched it, but that's the gist of what I got from most people talking about it. So I feel that this is heading in the same direction, except it might hit an earlier grave if it doesn't rectify itself. And it's not a good thing. But we could talk about maybe about that. I agree with everything you've said I agree with. So maybe let's focus just on the plot of this particular episode, then we can maybe delve into some of that stuff.
1: So after the nightmare... We're, uh, we get back to the La Serena, I believe is our hero starship. You know, there's a little bit of aftermath about Maddox's death. Uh, Dr. Girardi gives some pretty lame excuse. <laughs> <I wanna laughs> they talk really, about this. <laughs> they really yada yada over this oh, guy's, yes. uh, over this guy's death. like. Did the EMH not realize? How did she kill him? I, I can't remember. Uh, did she, she inject I, she, him with something? She or? must have,
0: yeah. She must have injected him with something. I, I kind of remember she, gave, she did something. She gave something. And it's very strange. Now, this is a futuristic ship. You got an EMH there. You have all this tech there. You would think that there would be some kind of trace on how he died. I'm not saying we mm. necessarily need to have security footage, even though I'm sure that would be a plenty in every room on that ship, except maybe a personal quarter Mm -hmm. personal quarters. So, but what really bugged me more about the EMH or just, you know, tracking how Maddox died and getting that verification is that Picard kind of lets this go pretty easily. It's like, he he was with him, he buys Mm -hmm. it. And, and I I don't know why I'm I'm trying to figure that out.
1: Well, I, I mean, I guess I'd buy it too. Like he was in pretty rough shape and you don't, you know, you're not, nothing suspicious about his death and she's clearly broken up like she's not acting suspicious right so without any evidence pointing to something being off then like i understood well that i don't know that i guess that kind of comes down to you know how how the computer could let it happen why was the emh deactivated uh all, all of that stuff so yeah why didn't they why didn't they uh see any of that like the guy died like didn't they look at the logs like how did this happen where was the emh Mm -hmm. You know, there's alarms, you know, we, we know that we know the EMH shows up at the drop of a hat. All of the emergency holograms show up almost automatically, like the computer consents when something's happening and 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 they just show up, they just pop up. Right. That's
0: right. And here's the other thing is that why does she have any say in on that ship to deactivate the EMH? Technically, that should come from the man in charge who's the captain. Yeah, that's right. right? It, it, it he would be probably the only should. one who would be able to deactivate. That's how, you know, she just boarded the ship, technically. It's not mm-hmm. like he gave her codes to, here's the whole, you know, you have complete right. <laughs>
1: control of like, the ship. Now. You should be able, like, obviously you should, like, you'd assume they'd be able to summon the, uh, the emergency hologram but not necessarily to deactivate, especially in what's clearly uh, an emergency situation. Mm. These are just like convenient... Like, they're just doing plot... Conveniences uh, th- Conveniences, right? Mm-hmm. So that they can get to where they want to go. And that's... Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it just... it, it just. I can me. buy... I, here and there, it's fine, but there's too many now.
0: Yeah, it's too many. And it just bugs me that, you know, because this is Picard's main mission, was to get fine Maddox. Now right. he's dead, and it's like, oh, okay, so... It's not like I wanted him to mourn for Maddox. I just wanted him to be a little bit more shocked and concerned and say, "How the fuck did this happen?" I was just with the man, and it's just you know what I mean. I know what you're saying; there was reasoning behind it, but he didn't have a gunshot. He didn't. I mean, a phaser blast or poison or anything like that, not that I know of.
1: She gave. Well, we don't know what was wrong with him. He was pretty fucked up though when they got him right. So the those mercenaries or whoever on that planet worked him over pretty. He was poisoned, right? And then they worked him over. Uh,
0: I guess, I guess. Anyways, let's, let's move on.
1: Yeah, let's move on. So, okay, so, um, some more yada yaddying between Girardi and uh, Rios, whatever. Again, more sex. That's fine. Yep. Um,
0: again, more, more
1: forced. I know we got 10 as soon episodes
0: as, to play with, but man. as
1: soon as I saw him without his shirt on kicking that ball around, I'm like, Oh, he's getting late tonight. I just didn't know who it was going to be. If it was going to be her. Or Raffy, and uh, when I saw her come out in a tank top, I'm like, okay, well, that ends in a certain way, and that's—I mean, again, like, that's what people do. Like, people get down, so mm. I'm okay with it. They don't really have chemistry either, but they both kind of seem to like. Actually, I didn't. What I didn't mind about that scene is because they don't have chemistry, they both were kind of just like, hey, well, we're here, may as well bone. Mm. Yeah, you know, um,
0: yeah, and I, that's okay, I, I, that's fine. I, I don't. <laughs> you're right. This shit happens all the time in, in real life, but when I'm looking at a TV show, I'd prefer it to be a bit more organic in a sense. I know, I know they did get, yeah. I know they did get organic under the sheets, but
1: I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it from, didn't, From a writing it was it's
0: probably not necessary. I'll that just say forget. this. they They put more thought into the relationship in a porn than they did here. So.
1: I don't know. I always fast forward that part. So the, um, <laughs> so we get back to the, the cube, uh, or the artifact and we get, we get a couple clues here. So Narek, he starts dropping clues, uh, but directly to Soji, like every time you call your mother, every call lasts precisely 70 seconds. And then Soji says she always falls, she falls asleep. So there's, there's that conversation between Narek and his sister there. He tells her that she's dreaming. And it seems that her subconscious has been programmed to dream in order to... Let me try to get this straight. She was programmed to be able to dream in order to reconcile the fact that she's not human because of the way her brain works. It would eventually figure it out. Is that about yeah,
0: that's, right? That's about right. It has to be that
1: case, right? Okay. So there's so, no other
0: explanation from my question.
1: Yeah. Question then. So... Okay, so Maddox did construct these two. I'm I that don't is, know. I'm no idea yet. Because he not, knew about them, right? Like he, that's hmm. he. He's the one who directed them to the artifact, so he knows.
0: But why did he direct him to the artifact for what? Because he knows
1: that Soji's there, and and Picard oh, oh, Picard's yeah. looking for okay. her, right?
0: No, no, yeah. I th- I thought you meant Soji. He directed Soji to the artifact.
1: No, no, we yeah, she just went there because well, no, we don't know. Because they're only, th- they're only three years old. So why were they built? Why were they built to not know what they are? Like remember that episode of TNG where Sung had built, um, like a replica of his late wife and programmed her to not know what she was. And I was always kind of, well, cause, and the only reason that he did that is because he wanted her to think, he didn't want her to think she was a copy. He wanted her to think she was the original, but mm-hmm. Soji and Dodge were aren't copies of anything. They're they're originals. So I don't understand why they're being made. Why he programmed them to believe they're human when he's got them all programmed with you know combat training and. All yeah, this other, and, you know, like yeah, why? Are...
0: And here's the funny thing. This feels like a, a major step back from an evolutionary standpoint of a synthetic or an android because data and lore and even lol. I mean, data's own thing. They were programmed so they knew what they were. Mm-hmm. And then their task was to evolve naturally to better themselves to find right. a place or to discover the meaning of life on your own, just like an actual human being. Here it feels like they're just. It's like backwards it's like I've made a better machine, but I don't want them to know what they are and it just yeah. feel it feels like a backward step yeah and like he constructed
1: know? their identities for them as opposed yeah. to letting them and I mean maybe that was that's its own experiment, which I guess is I guess is I mean there's still a lot of unanswered questions so maybe we'll get those mm. uh, those answers but anyway um so so this is where soji. Definitely realizes something's off. She she goes back to her quarters. She she gets out all of her old photographs, which is cool. They still have those in the twenty. We're in the twenty fifth century by now, aren't we? Yeah, Um, that's all right. Yeah, they have photographs. That's pretty cool. And lunch boxes to keep them in. It's it should have been a,
0: should have been a Star Wars lunchbox. That would have been mm. that would have been <laughs> fucking awesome.
1: Only if it was uh, the Rise of Skywalker lunchbox.
0: <laughs> you open it up, it's a bunch of dog shit in there, man. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> stinks, <it's> rotting. <laughs> Smells like Palpatine in the last year jet- or in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But she has her, so she scans everything and everything is 30, I think it says everything is 37 months old. So that gives you an idea of uh, Mm the, you know, she obviously has this constructed identity. So
0: that was cool. I I did enjoy this kind of sleuthing from, Mm -hmm. from Soji here and finally giving her a bit of something to do. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a bit more smart instead of, Oh, that Romulan's hot. So
1: yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. I finally, I finally enjoyed a scene with her. Uh, this is the first time. <laughs> I mean, I like Dodge. Like she was cool yeah. and then they blew her up. So it's like, and then you get her sister and she's totally lame. So hopefully she'll um be a little more badass now that she's, well, we'll get to that. So on the way to the board cube there, we need, we need drunk ass Rafi to talk her way into diplomatic credentials for card. Mm. She's a pretty <laughs> shitty alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Who drinks right out of the whiskey bottle? like well i, I mean you got to do it classy like you
0: should be doing but if you just don't give a fuck about, about anything anymore you you just swig out of the bottle i mean that's yeah. that's a trope that's it is a trope a and that's why i don't like it like
1: just- it would have been a lot more fun i think if she was pouring it into a glass every time but was just you know like just drinking those glasses but kept pouring a new glass for herself every time i i don't know it, that's a that's a nitpick but it it is it's such a cliche An alcoholic drinking right out of the booze bottle. I hate, and I hate cliches and I think that they should should be better.
0: She should have had a twisty straw.
1: She should have had a twisty straw.
0: Right out of that bottle. Then at least, you know, it adds a little flavor.
1: Speaking of bottles, did you notice? So Narek was drinking Romulan ale.
0: I did not notice.
1: Yeah. So it's what, it's the scene with his sister. He drinks some Romulan ale. And the bottle that he uses, it's the same bottles, the same design as the bottles that were often in, uh, 10 forward. Okay. Where they, they kind of have this sort of crystal, like a uh, conical top to it. It's just a neat detail there.
0: Oh, that's, that's. <clears throat> but yeah,
1: he, he, had himself a little blue, uh, blue ale there.
0: I do want to say that I didn't mind the scene between him and his sister for once in this episode. Because yeah. he, he's teaching her about patience, and then he has that kind of puzzle box. Yeah. And he's revealing, you know, he's telling her, just be patient. I've got a plan. It's all coming into place. Because yeah. she's extremely impatient, as she's been in the previous episodes. So, I did enjoy the scene, and then it pays off. And mm-hmm. I like how there's that dual function on the box there. So,
1: that was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a better scene. She was less incest rapey in this scene yeah so she's still a little bit but less so yeah i thought yeah. it was a it was probably it was their best interaction
0: yeah now this is you know i feel like after game of thrones this is now going to be a new cliche or a trope on itself mm-hmm. it's like okay incest works and it sells for some reason so it's uh it's, let's, let's let's put it in
1: well how disturbing is that than our culture where we're all like kind of side eyeing everybody like Everybody else is seeing what I'm seeing, right? Everybody's okay with this? We're okay with this? Okay, okay, it's fine. Let's just watch this. I guess it's fine. You can do it when they're the bad guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, it, you can I do can, it when you're bad, you know? when the bad guys. That's right.
1: When the good guys start getting incestuous see, then I guess we'll have to worry about <laughs> a lot more <laughs> than a TV show. So anyway, so we get the diplomatic credentials. We get finally we get to the Borg Cube. How did you like – so Picard – is, uh, like they're, they're kind of talking to him about it on the ship still before they get there. And he's still freaking out and he kind of yells at Dr. Gerardi there a little bit. He's like, they don't get better. They don't reform whatever. They metastasize. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, he runs off into his hollow office and pulls up his research there. I really liked some of the details there. I, I they still kind of use the old TNG cars design for computer interface.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, so, that.
1: like that. I like, that. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so what did you think? They you know, there's some pictures and scenes and stuff that they pulled from first contact and and the uh, NTNG there. I like I like those little callbacks.
0: I like the callbacks. I, I like that, you know, we don't want Picard. This was extremely traumatic mm-hmm. for him. So he's not gonna get over this. The only thing here is I felt that it was a bit overplayed when he was looking at the old, I don't mind that he says, Okay, they metastasize. He's still angry about who the Borg are. Mm-hmm. and that's done on purpose because then he has a discovery on the cube, which we'll get to. It's kind of like here's kind of a little bit more of a self-awareness on what's happening because mm-hmm. he's saying the Borg, previously the Borgs just are worthless. They're nothing. And Then he's going to probably see them a little bit more as victims right. later. So I, I like that development. What yeah. I did not like is when he's back in the office, I think this is a bit heavy-handed, how he's holding his face uh, over the mirror. I like the fact oh. that they kind <clears throat> of superimpose that mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. And, and all that stuff, like he's rereading about the Borg even though he doesn't have to. I mean the fucking, he's, he still has... I like all, we'll get to it when he keeps hearing about the Borg and I like, you know, in First Contact and in here, he has these kind of flashes in his memory and his mind. And they do that again when he gets on the Borg cube. I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that he's like, you know, he's so traumatized by just looking at a picture of Locutus. that he's like, because they do the superimpose with the camera through the yeah. picture of Locutus onto him. That was fine. But he's like holding his face and he's holding his hand on the wrong side cause it's a mirror image. So like, I think the board parts were on the opposite side. So they'd even lost that attention to detail. So he's grasping. He's like, I don't know if you noticed that he put his hand well, on the wrong side of the face. It was on the right. It was on the side of the face where the image was, but it it was on his other side. So if, yeah, that's a little detail that that's a, that's, and, and the fact that that's still, he sees that image and then he's like, Oh my God. And he's holding his face and it's like such a traumatizing thing. I think he's a bit past that. So it was a bit heavy handed here. Because I think after the events of First Contact, he's kind of not made peace. Is like what he told Seven before. It's like, did you ever get your full humanity back? And that's mm. a great line. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But for him to be like now a traumatized victim, his hands shaking and he's over his face and he can't dare see an image of Locutus. I think after First Contact, he's past that. That was his therapy. Was essentially well, it feels... breaking the board queen in half. There, yeah,
1: so. no, I, 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 I agree to some extent. Like it, it did feel after first contact that I mean, he's always going to feel that that trauma. But at least it felt, or the movie was trying to tell us that, you know, at least he he beat them. He got a chance to to defeat them, right? To exercise that demon a little bit. So yeah, yeah. this was a little bit. Just this is a little handed. bit heavy handed. Yeah, yeah heavy I was going to use the same term. It, it was yeah. a little bit for sure. But anyway, so after that, he gets to the cube and thank goodness we see Hugh again. I was uh, super glad that we got to see Hugh again and we got to see him interact with, with the I really enjoyed their <laughs> scenes together personally. Um, mm-hmm. especially when they like, when they hugged, it seemed so genuine. Like, they were so glad to see each other, especially Hugh. I loved this performance. I thought he was great. He was so happy to see Picard, and it was almost like he was showing his dad around work, and he's super proud of it, you know? Yeah, uh, I, Yeah. I, I, really cool. I agree.
0: I actually, even before that, I loved the scenes where, again, a bit heavy-handed. But again, it's I can let it slide a tiny, tiny bit because now he's going onto a Borg cube. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit different than when the Enterprise was being assimilated. So he's getting a little disoriented. And I like how all the former Borg drones are coming to him He Mm -hmm. thinks he's going to take him away and get assimilated, but they were actually saving him. What's with these walkways again? (laughs) We talked about it. No kidding. (laughs) We we talked about it in Star Wars and now the same thing going on here. I don't remember. Get some (laughs) handrails.
1: Oh man. It's it's such a bizarre design choice. (laughs) That's a trope unto itself now. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Any sci-fi. Any sci-fi evil lair, no handrails. No, no. You know, it's like the bad guys are like, if you are too much of a pussy to keep your balance on this thin (laughs) tightrope, we don't want you here.
0: Yeah, that's your, that's your training.
1: Exactly. (laughs) That's training training. on the first day. Yeah, exactly. If you live, you're on the team. If you fail, you die. That's right. Uh, how bizarre! I thought that,
0: that was funny, but I did like the fact that he goes, "Oh shit, they're just helping me," because I like how yeah. Hughes says, they're, "No, they're trying to prevent you from falling." So, yeah, and that was great. And then that kind of alerts Picard on what's going on here regarding them meeting. I mean, I'm happy that they're happy, and they, you know, I felt that there was a genuine happiness. As well, I think that was genuine between the actors. Mm-hmm. Not much acting there and it was a good thing. Although I'll say after that, when he gets snapped out of it, he's on a board cube. I think Picard would have hugged in the same fashion Tomaloc. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right.
0: <laughs> oh shit. At least I know somebody here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like you go to a party, there's nobody there and you just have like the least. Like somebody you know, but it's like completely tangential, but you're so happy that it's somebody's name you can know. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Tom yeah. Luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe
1: um... uh maybe uh Admiral, what's her name?
0: <laughs> Nachev.
1: Nachev, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: They would have gone out back and fornicated, so Nachev needed a good pounding. <laughs> or a
1: pat. <paddling. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just needed a little kindness. Anyway, okay, so the uh so Narek, thankfully, Narek has uh, access to this secret Romulan meditation memory reclamation bullshit, bullshit that he put Soji through. I know that they didn't really explore Romulan culture all that much in the previous shows. But what's kind of driving me nuts about Picard is that they just, like, it's great that we are seeing more of the Romulan culture because they've been such an important Star Trek race and we never knew anything about them because they're so secretive but now it's just like they're creating everything that they give us that's background for the romulans is just convenience for the plot it's like okay they we need somebody to hate synthetics romulans okay well we need to we need to extract memory from this girl okay well the romulans have a ritual for that coronavirus um, romulans yeah coronavirus romulans donald trump Romulans. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, like, that, like, it's kind of frustrating. Now you can just plug anything in to, like, that you need for the plot and be like, well, yeah, the Romulans have always been this way. Like, have they, though? You know, like, if they get to come streaking out of the sky and, like, these grand warships at the end of this and be like, well, you know, those Romulans always handy with fleets of warships. Thank goodness, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of frustrating, I-, I think. It's just, I don't like those kind of conveniences. Uh, well, and it's just okay. basically draws out the scene a little bit more than I thought was
0: necessary. So the scene is drawn out. I agree partially with you on this point that they are fabricating stuff and they're shoehorning it in quickly the other series did that as well it's that i'll give you a, a, a good example it's not it's not from a tv show but it's a short segment from the search for spock you know the pawn scene when savik is trying to teach spock about pawn because he's going through mm-hmm. the seven-year itch there and he's got to mm-hmm. calm himself he you know he doesn't know about masturbation or anything like that so he's got to do the hand thing which um, is
1: also called masturbation but yeah. continue
0: <laughs> that's right Ooh. Um. <laughs> so, but that works. Those scenes work because they don't cut away with a bunch of other mumbo jumbo. What's happening here is in this TV show, it's modern filmmaking. It quick cut, quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. There, they actually linger, stay, and you're getting some world building on the culture. And I feel that that's something that's a bit different in the way things used to be filmed or the way something should be filmed in a more proper way. If you really want to explore something, take your time, make it important. And what they could have done with this scene, they could have been doing this stuff in say previous episodes instead of fucking ice skating or sliding down fucking board sure. always and yeah. you expand on this. Maybe you have a few sessions of this where she's trying to unlock it. You know, what's going on with her mind so they can get the location of the synthetic planet. And right. You, you build on this. Maybe it's not just this one room. It's several different Romulan techniques and that's world building and that's how you can do it better.
1: Mm. You're right. That's two it, it's not it's like, like, it's not like we haven't had enough time with these characters. God, we've had so much time with, uh, it feels like we've had 40 episodes worth of Soji and Neric. They certainly could have done more world building, if you want to call it that, uh, as opposed to just throwing this. But yeah, we do get, they did, they did allude to what their purpose was before, which was looking for where she came from, I think. So they, where they could destroy them all. But yeah, that is more clearly spelled out here. So there's a planet or there's two red moons and a lightning storm in space because I guess that's cool in Star Trek now.
0: Mm. Well, they (laughs) end up in Tatooine in Renault. (laughs) Yeah, really.
1: So. Uh, so that's kinda, and, uh, what's her name's watching as well. So she gets the location, Rizzo, she gets the location of the, uh, the home world. So what's on this planet then? Like, is there a whole species of these things? Of these synthetics?
0: well i'm assuming that after my the implication or the interpretation i have here is that after that mars incident i'm assuming all the synthetics just said let's do our own thing and make our own planet or that's what they're thinking and they're all there there's obviously no synthetics anywhere else now except Soji. yeah soji now right so i guess so i'm really hoping that planet is just run by lore that would be fucking fantastic
1: that's kind of what I was hoping as well. I just wonder if that's too no, obvious
0: I, no, no no, i lore's not part of this I, get, I I highly doubt I'd be shocked if he was
1: I would be shocked as well, yeah, I would I, be shocked
0: as well. I, I'd be pleasantly shocked because I'm always up for more lore you know are you prepared for the kind
1: of death you've earned little man
0: so. <laughs> Maybe oh, we finally man. get Wesley to die, right? So
1: that'd be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Like we get to that planet and like it like a War bunch of Wesley. Wesley like has him yeah. like frozen in carbonite <laughs> or something.
0: This is a bunch of Wesley effigies everywhere, right? So. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be great. That'd be fantastic.
0: <laughs> so, uh, but that... seriously speaking, yeah, it's not gonna. I don't think. I highly. I highly doubt he's he's part of this. So.
1: I highly doubt it as well. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it, like, it's not feeling too predictable. I'm just hoping it's going to earn, like they're really holding off here for what feels like is supposed to be a big reveal. I hope they earn it. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it to be just some, something lame. Yeah. I hope not. And that, cause that'd be a real shame. You know, like there's going to be a season two. So that's great. I, I don't know if they're going to wrap up this all of these threads in this uh the next few episodes or if there's gonna be some carryover to season two. Uh, I guess we'll see. But anyway, uh so Narek locks her in there and tries and like he has that cube which releases gas uh, in order to kill her, but she he, this so now she finally activates and she punches her way through the floor. We run into Picard and Hugh. So Picard finally finds her. So that's great. And then a little sp- Little, uh, chase through the Borg cube there. What did you, I mean, the design of the Borg cube is is obviously different than what we've seen before. It's less, you know, cables and cords or whatever. We haven't really talked about the, the design of the cube. Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Sort of a little more monolithic, I guess, but like sort of shifting panels and, you know, less, uh, you know, like sort of that, I don't want to say like organic machinery look of the old cubes, but there were lots of like cubes or sorry, tubes everywhere and, uh, it was all very, Almost look kind of cobbled together. This is a little bit more, a little sleeker looking.
0: I'm okay with it. I, I think yeah. they could have done a better job with the set design. I, I would appreciate it a little bit of more of integration the way the older cubes looked, mm-hmm. and you're you're kind of bridging it into something else. Because I, I like the old cubes because they were a bit more creepy. Yeah, and that's right. They were yeah, creepier. Yeah. Yeah, they're creepier. Yeah. So I'm assuming I can let it go because if the people are working here, they don't want it to be creepy. So I'm assuming right. that people just kind of, you know, did some renovations here and spent all of Romulan, uh, all the Romulan refugees, uh, you know, rescue money into refurbishing this Borg cube. So I'm assuming right, that's right. what happened here. That kind
1: of tracks. Is that, that's a good point. You can't really have people, can't expect people to be living there if it's, uh, if it was creepy there. So. Uh, he, he takes them to the uh, the queen's chamber and uh, fire up the special. What was it called? The spatial trajectory?
0: I don't know what they called it. I just I'm trying to think. The race's name, named Sarkarians or Sarkarians. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I know that from you know we had the Guardian at the edge of forever, but that was going in back into time. Then you had Iconians, the Iconians, Iconians yeah. from TNG. And so now there's this other one from something.
1: Well, this is a Voyager. This is a Voyager callback. So the race, yeah, they a Voyager ran into this race in like season one of Voyager, and they didn't have starships. They just like this the species they came across. They didn't have starships, but they had this transporter that could transport. And the whole episode was like about Janeway trying to broker for the technology because they were like they were like the Federation. They kind of had a prime directive where they they didn't give technology to other races before they could learn it themselves. So it was actually kind of an interesting episode. They ended up stealing the technology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like the, like the Maquis stole the, te- the technology. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, we've got it, they, uh, but it wouldn't integrate with Voyager's systems. So it didn't work. But that race was then simulated by the Borg afterwards, right? So they they stole that technology and they they did mention that it did happen on Voyager where that where the Queen had it. I I do believe, but anyway, it's interesting that they're they're doing these Voyager callbacks but on. It um, makes sense
0: because if you're yeah. dealing with the Borg, they're from the Delta Quadrant, that's okay.
1: And Voyager did do the most exploration of of the board like Mm. that was where this like all the screen time was so So i'm um, okay with this i'm glad they're making
0: callbacks to let's say classic trek Mm. uh and so that that's good i'm glad they're incorporating some of this stuff the only question i have here is is that you know it's a cheap getaway you know you're lowering the stakes picard's you know there's uh you know you got a chase scene here you've got something going on here you know you got a new ship you got a new crew and now picard just makes a clean getaway and it's just like oh just meet me at this planet it makes it easy. I guess again, budgetary, they're trying to save money maybe for the finale because for other set pieces, but it just felt a bit cheap. Here's a quick and easy getaway. And you know, thinking about the Borg, if they had this tech, wouldn't they be assimilating pretty much everywhere right now? Yeah.
1: That, that was the other thing is like, that was, that was Voyager's fault for giving them that power. The uh, because you're right. Like it's like, why, why are the Borg not literally everywhere? Mm.
0: Yeah, you would think that they would have yeah. adap- obviously they've adapted the tech to
1: their fit their systems. so yeah. done. Yeah, I mean I they just use they move. it. Yeah, it's like they just <laughs> use it as like a secret escape hatch for the queen. It's like I would think the Borg would probably put that tech to better use as opposed, you know, it's instead of just like a getaway. Like the queen doesn't even need a no. an escape hatch because no, it's a collective doesn't. consciousness. That's right. She so can right. just be wherever, so.
0: <laughs> she can be on every ship, know. so there you go.
1: That's right. So like, why aren't they just using this, this tech to, to spread everywhere? Like, like it just literally go everywhere.
0: So a little bit of Pandora's box is, is yeah. there, but you're not supposed to question it. You just let it go.
1: Well, no, and it's, I, I mean, it's not the only Star Trek technology where if you start to dig too deep, then it's, it ends up being self-defeating because it all, it's all just ends up being magic. Yeah, that's right. So so it's okay. Uh, it, it just, you know, it's there to create a little bit of tension at the episode. Um uh Space Elf, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Elnor shows Elnor. up there and terminates those Romulans with extreme prejudice. <laughs> he stabbed that one guy in the throat and then, like, sliced him, like, half-sliced the rest of his neck off, retrieving his sword. It's pretty gory for a Star Trek show, but I don't know. I, it doesn't seem to fit, but I kind of like him because he's... He's so earnest, but he's too badass.
0: He's earnest, but I'm not a fan of the actor. I don't think he's, he's rubbing no? me. He's not rubbing me the right way, but I mean... Is it, you, is you it need a character, bad- you think? Yeah, you need a... I think they've kind of looked at, you know, I need a guy. I need a hand-to-hand guy with a sword. I need a captain who's a badass like Kirk with, you know, my fists and maybe some guns. I got Rafi. She'll be good with guns. I got a doctor lady over here. You know, I've got... uh And then Picard, the old man. So-
1: And like a and like twelve holograms
0: and then twelve holograms, so they're kind of fitting every you know checking every box here. So yeah, they're trying to make
1: a crew that's got a lot of different shit going on. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's okay. It was ham-fisted how he just shows up there all of a sudden, and it's just. Well, you knew he was gonna though, right? You know, you know what's gonna go. It's just it just feels so. It's not filmed well, man. Um, that's my problem I, I don't like the way these movies or not movies these shows are being filmed and it's just not as engaging you know it's just like it's like think about like how they did it on TNG and stuff like that you know Worf just shows up it's a bigger thing you know, they kind of make it. It's not just because if it's it had Warf. been warp,
1: if it had been warp, he would have he would have gone down. <laughs> a good thing it wasn't warp. Warp guard would have been captured right there. Yeah, but I'm just saying. My point
0: being is that it's just the way it's filmed. It makes it a bit more exciting. You know, it's more dramatic. This is less dramatic, less exciting. I think it's just the way it's being shot and filmed. Amateurish is how I would say. But I, I, I it's no, er, from, from the character really? perspective. I don't know, from a character's perspective, I, I'm not a fan of the characters so far, but it's episode six out of ten in season one, so let's see what happens here. I just don't yeah, know weird. why, I don't know why you didn't go with them. No, well, cause I he says was
1: wondering that too. Cause was nobody like, why
0: was why chasing them down. Go? He's like, I gotta stay well, to make sure I got your back, but there was nobody in the room. They,
1: they were chasing them down though. Like they, so I, cause I watched, I rewatched the episode a few hours ago, cause I had the same thing when I first watched it. I'm like, why didn't they just go with Picard into the, Super duper transporter. I supposed like, why didn't they do that? But they were there to kind of like cover, cover the escape. So they didn't, they didn't want so because there were other Romulans on the way. So they, that's clearly stated. Uh, Soji can even hear them coming. They escape through the card says like, okay, let's all go. And they're like, no, oh, we have to cover your escape. Cause he was like, we have to like shut down the machine and purge the records uh, before we need enough time to do that before they get here. So you go, we'll take care of that. And then it was up to um Elnor to hold off the as while Hugh shut down all of the equipment and like, cause the room was hidden. Mm. So we needed time to like re like reformulate and like close off all of that so that it was just like, whoop, they just vanished or, mm-hmm. or they think that perhaps they're still on the cube because right. there's no, way they could have escaped. Right. So that's why when I saw it again, I'm like, okay, that's why I stay behind.
0: Okay, Picard didn't so, also didn't say goodbye or thank you to Hugh, but well, that's okay.
1: Uh, he did say thank you. He did. I don't know. I think so. Oh no,
0: he did earlier. I think. Well, maybe... it's a
1: tense situation. Okay. You know. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't of... tell. He didn't. It's not like he gave him the middle finger on his way through the transport. No, he just
0: he just <laughs> did a Luke Skywalker to Lando. He just disappeared, Look. like leaving Lando on the planet, right? Yeah. The is Luke.
1: <laughs> Forty years later. <laughs> yeah. Coming back, or <laughs> that's all good. There's a lot of so, a, a lot of
0: aliens to keep Lando company. So if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, you know Lando's <laughs> taking advantage of all of that company. He, he
0: made a lot of desert flowers over there.
1: He sure did. <laughs> he sure did. And good for him.
0: Yeah, good for him.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's why he had to wear that mask, that costume <laughs> the whole time. Cause he <laughs> couldn't walk around showing his face. Right. <laughs> too, many, him. too many child support payments. <laughs>
0: You would think at that point they'd all be able to smell him. It's like it's like you know uh, in Predator uh, Commando. You think you could smell him coming?
1: I didn't. Well, that's that's why he lived with all. That's why he was among all the trash, all that garbage, so that he could mask his scent. Because yeah. you know Lando's got that musk about him, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, cold forty-five, right? That's that bl- yeah that's
1: right <laughs> all right so that's episode six of star trek Picard i think we said it at the top you know it was a good episode it wasn't my favorite episode of the season i think that was still last last week's episode but or the pilot but you know at least they're not i was worried that they were gonna keep going from place to place and and i was assuming that they weren't going to get to the cube until episode 10 and that's when the climax was going to happen so i'm glad that they didn't really waste any time getting to the cube they just got there and we did the thing and now now i don't know what's going to happen because they separated the crew and i think they're finding the right pace to lay out these stories now so that's that's one
0: i agree 100 percent. and now i'm actually more excited to see what happens Mm -hmm. you know because we were just doing this flashback catch up exposition bullshit until this point and it's just, it was a bit of a mess because yeah. Soji was so, and we were like so far ahead and mm-hmm. they had to move it a snail's pace to get Picard and crew and company up to where they are now and that's one of the reasons why those scenes are all drawn out and boring. Yeah. So, so generic stuff, so at least now we can get things going. Narek's is now going to be vilified by Soji, which is fine, good, and good stuff. I think now mm. we can get moving and find out what's going on with the synthetics.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure.
0: Which is the MacGuffin in the first place, so that's good.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I guess that's uh, – I don't think there's anything else. I think we, we covered it, so thanks, everybody, for listening, if you're listening, <laughs> and uh, – you know check out our other awesome shows but yeah we'll we'll wrap it up and looking forward to episode seven in another couple of days here
0: yes nope can't wait should be fun
1: all right man that's a podcast that's a podcast we'll, be, we'll we'll be back we'll cool. be back we'll be back for episode seven that's right all right take it easy